BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rob Taylor, a.k.a. the Penguin Gotham. You are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Welcome, 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 everyone, to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. This one is titled One Batch, Two Batch, and I'm pretty sure it is not difficult for you guys out there to understand why, but we will get into that in a moment. Before we get into our topics and trailer talks, allow me to introduce our panelists, starting with Tia. What's going on, Tia? How are you guys doing today? Great, great. We are, We love that you came to join us uh, on this episode. We were really hoping that you would come uh, and join us, especially to talk Punisher, uh, because I do <laughs> believe no one appreciates John Bernthal as much as you do. Uh, so it's going to be fun. To I don't think it's possible. It. I, listen, I agree. I don't, I tell Joel every day, there's no one that loves Batman more than me, but he still doesn't realize that. Anyway. <laughs> um, differences. No one loves Ben Affleck more than you. Get it right, dude. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, well, <laughs> same. Uh, but, uh, Nick, what's going on, Nick? Uh, nothing much, man. Kind of a, a nice little lazy day for me. It's the weekend, so... Uh, um, you know, college football's over, so I don't really have anything to watch. So I've just been like going down the rabbit hole on YouTube and prepping for the show. It's been nice. Absolutely. I think the only thing I'm looking forward to today is two things. Well, three things, actually. Um, nailing the show, uh, seeing Zion uh, destroy, uh, and <laughs> looking for the Colts to win so Patriots to play the Chiefs. But I digress. Uh, <laughs> Joel, what's going on, Joel? What is good, everybody? All right. Horrible as usual. Thank you, Joel. All right. Let's get into it. <laughs> Asshole, into as our, usual. <laughs> let's get into our trailer talk. Um, we have a few things to talk about in our trailer talk. Um, one, we're going to start with, of course, the most obvious one, where the title of the show comes from for today. Punisher Season 2 trailer has officially dropped, and it was a lot. It was action-packed. It seemed very story-driven. 
Um, and it kind of fills in a lot of the blanks that a lot of people had as far as who are the villains, who are the returning characters, uh, what happened to Frank. All those things seem to have been attacked. So, T, I'm going to start with you first. Go ahead and get all the gush and everything out. How did you feel about this first trailer for season two of Punisher? Well, first of all, let me start by saying that I didn't even know if we were going to get a trailer at this point with it being only a few days away and obviously everything that's going on with Netflix. I had no idea, like, are they just going to release the Punisher season two and that's going to be it, which I wouldn't have been so disappointed about, but still, first of all, guys, the use of Allison Chains yes. just made me so happy. The continuation of the Punisher using fantastic rock songs in their trailers, I so appreciate that. Um, I lo- I'm sorry, I love seeing Frank Castle kind of looking happy and looking normal. I think this is good. I like that he was at a bar, he's chilling, and then all of a sudden Avi's thrown back in there with uh, Amy and that she, I think, is supposed to be similar to the age that his daughter Lisa would have been, so obviously we're seeing that. So super excited. Um, Just everything about seeing the characters that now we have had an introduction to kind of coming back and now everything seems so daunting because Billy Russo is back and he and I know that there's discussion about space and this and that. I am so excited. I mean the fact that we are going to kind of have Billy who doesn't remember everything that happened to him and he thinks that Frank Castle just kind of did this whole shit to his face for whatever reason. It just looks so good. I'm so excited. The one thing that I kind of want to, like, highlight right now, since I've seen it a lot on Twitter, is I do not mind that Frank Castle was kissing another woman. There are people out there, either people out there that are pissed that it's not Karen, and then there are people out there that are pissed that it's not Maria. And I'm like, let the man be happy. (laughs) Let the man have at least, like, Something. I mean, everything that he's gone through. So I just wanted to throw that out there that I do not mind that Frank Castle is kissing some other lady because I've read a few reviews for the second season and it doesn't seem like that last. So I'm perfectly fine with it. Anyway, I know that I'm gushing and I'm kind of ranting right now, but the, the season two trailer just looks so freaking good. I'm so excited just to see. Frank's back, to see Billy back, to see Curtis back, Brett Mahoney, Madani, everything. It's, it's, it's going to be such a good season. And actually, I'm really excited to see uh, Josh Stewart as John Pilgrim. I'm really interested to see his storyline and kind of his reasoning for um, doing what he did to Amy's family. Which, by the way, one last point when she said, um, when Amy was like, oh, he killed my whole family. Do you have any idea what that's like? And I'm like, do you not know who this guy is? Do you not know who Frank Castle is? Of course he knows what you're going through. Um, So those are my thoughts about uh, the Punisher season two trailer. Just excited. (laughs) (laughs) I could definitely see that. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, it was, as far as people complaining about him kissing someone else, I, I never felt like there was a romantic um, 
vibe between Karen and, and Frank. Uh, I felt as though Karen always held out hope for her and Matt, um, but once she got over Matt, I just didn't really feel like Frank Castle was the guy that she was trying to spend the rest of her life with. Um, I just kind of felt like she understood him on a on a level, uh, especially us seeing what happened to her brother um, and just the idea of violence that followed her since she came to Hell's Kitchen. I think she kind of just sympathized with Frank uh, in, in a friendly way. I just never picked up that there was any kind of romance between the two of them. Um, I kind of felt like, if anything, he kind of felt like a protector of her um, more than anything else. Um, but, yeah, no, no, no I, I definitely understand where you're coming from, uh, uh, Tia, with, with the level of excitement that this trailer uh, definitely built. And it is weird because I was honestly going to say I kind of felt like Netflix is just like, since we're getting rid of all these Marvel shows, no more trailers. Like, boom, I'll just release it. Um, so I was just like, that was really weird that they were kind of just like, because I felt like Netflix was like, oh, my God, wait, it comes out next Friday. Oh, freak, we haven't promoted this at all. Wait, here's a trailer. Like, sorry, forgot, guys. Um, so, you know, well, thankfully that they actually put one out. Um, but Nick, I'm going to go to you. What were your thoughts of the trailer for season two of The Punisher? Uh, sure, but Tia, do you want to get in one more thing real quick? I was just going to say it's going to be super interesting to see the promotion for Jessica Jones season three, with all things considering. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, ab- yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly going to be. I mean, this – in and of itself, uh, like you said, the fact that we're so close to when the show's going to drop and the fact that they didn't really um, have anything kind of leading up to it. To me, like, probably what what is most telling about that is, of course, like, everyone everyone knows, like, where, you know, where this is all going. So I think probably waiting to drop the trailer until, like, shortly before it drops maybe has a lot to do with that, like, Um, we're just going to wait and then, you know, drop it, you know, about a week before. So that way we can try to get people like we uh, try to get as much hype and as little time as possible. And so that way we we don't lose any hype along the way, you know? Um, but who knows? I mean, it's, it's obviously a, um, Netflix decision and, and, you know, we can, all we can do is speculate, but as far as the trailer, I really enjoyed it. Um, I too, uh, Tia was, like fuck yes, Alice, Allison Chains would like that was perfect. Like, um, <laughs> like and, and it just like the way they used the song too. Like, um, not just the fact that that's like one of my favorite Allison Chains songs, um, but just like how they uh, implemented it, uh, it in so seamlessly into it, uh, into the uh, preview. I thought was very good um, because that song has like just this 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 cranking like build up um and it and it very much fit what was happening uh within within the trailer so they're just very well edited very well put together um trailer for for season 2 uh also like i like the aspect of vagabond uh frank like kind of like taking his show on the road is kind of the vibe that i got from it um and so like he's just in this random bar um, and then finds himself in a situation where, you know, he essentially feels like he has to, um, you know, uh, step in and, and, you know, help this, this girl um, who's being attacked. Uh, and, and, you know, she even says at one point in the trailer, like, you look like, 
essentially I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but like you look like you enjoyed it. Like you were just waiting for something like that to happen. Um, and you know, as, as we've come to know about Frank, um, th- that is almost kind of his, his catharsis. Like what, you know, what he, um, what, what little he can get out of life is, is heavily involved in helping people and also, um, you know, basically channeling his rage, um, you know, into violence, but in a way that is obviously he's, you know, doing it for the right reasons. Um, so I, yeah, I think those are very, uh, two very interesting things that I'm obviously this trailer kind of set up for me that I'm, um, definitely going to keep an eye out, uh, for throughout the, the season, um, and yeah, man, I just I thought it was very well done. I'm really excited and can't wait to see it uh, when it drops. All right, <clears throat> I could definitely, like I said, I could see where the excitement's coming coming from. Uh, you guys obviously know my reservations of it, so I'm not going to go through it again. I actually did an article, um, so go read my thoughts on <laughs> season two. But, I, I have well, not read it, Juwan, by the way, just letting I you would, know. <laughs> I would supremely suggest you don't. <laughs> but, uh, you specifically, I would say you probably should not read that article. Um, but, uh, Joel, knowing the hater that I am, uh, I obviously know what you feel about that, that article way before you even read <laughs> on Punisher uh, Season 2 trailer. And are you kind of like uh, Nick in the sense of, uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Nick, but kind of to where it's like you kind of get where Netflix is coming from in the sense of them just randomly dropping this trailer only maybe a little under or a little over a, a week away from the actual show dropping. Or is this something that, like, completely caught you off guard because you were starting to get under the assumption that there was never going to be a trailer? Uh, no, I always figured there'd be some type of marketing when it got closer um, and it came out, you know, we just, we just announced it a, while, like a week ago that was coming out January 18th and the trailer and the posters uh, came out from our, you know, maybe a week, well, it comes out next week, I think. So like the trailer was good. Then the most recent obvious, uh, trailer for the show looks real good. Uh, Allison Chain sold it for me, obviously, just like everybody else. Uh, just like Metallica sold me the first trailer, uh, Allison Chain sold me on the second trailer. Um, and I'm I'm a big fan of the first season of uh, Punisher, and I really look forward to seeing where else this show goes. Like I saw the trailer, but I, honestly, after watching it, I don't remember everything about it. <laughs> I kind of watched it <laughs> to myself uh, at work, like, real quick, so I remember it, but I don't remember everything that I saw, and that's fine because I'm gonna see it next week, so it's not really a big deal. Uh, I do I do I did get a sense of uh, a, a sort of like what they did with Logan, like a, a lone wolf and club feel. Uh, to this uh, series, at least for the second season. And I like that. I liked it when they did it in Logan. I, I think it looks like they're doing something like that with this in Punisher Season 2. And I definitely enjoyed what I – of what I remember that I saw, I really enjoyed. And I already like it more than anything uh, Joan thinks. You know, all his opinion is way better than his opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the basis of me and Joel's friendship, everyone. Uh, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> Let's move on. We got another uh, trailer that, again, I think is getting way too many. But anyway, um, during college football, uh, I don't even remember who played. Maybe Auburn and I don't know someone. Uh, Clemson and yeah. Alabama. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. 
Uh, oh, sorry, I completely. I, I told you guys I don't watch college football. Wrong Alabama school to watch. Or wrong Tiger uh, school. One way or the other. <laughs> we got an extended look or an extended trailer. They called it an extended look, but it looked like a third trailer um, of Captain Marvel. Uh, where you kind of dive more into the action, get a little bit more emotion for the people that think Brie Larson is emotionless. Um, we got a little bit more emotion, a little bit more scenes. Anyway, Joel, I'll kick it to you first. What did you think about the extended look at Captain Marvel? Good. It was more of the same. <laughs> Maybe as an extended version of what we've seen already. Um, they didn't really. I got. We got to see them. I we got a glimpse of like the the scrolls transforming. A little glimpse. That was different, I guess, because I don't remember seeing that before. Um, but that's really the only thing that stood out. Everything else, like we've seen already, they haven't really gave us anything new. Um, we did get some new scenes with her and um, Nick Fury. I, I do look forward to seeing their interaction and the rest of the interactions with the other characters in the, in the movie. But I, I mean. I just want to see this movie at this point. Like, I'm not really paying attention to the trailers as much now. Uh, I'll probably end up watching the final trailer, but it's one of those things where I'm going, like, they have my money already. Like, the posters are nice. Like, they just released a couple of new posters. That was pretty cool uh, around the same time as this trailer dropped. I like some of the new posters that they dropped. And I love the mask. That was the whole selling point for me is that they got to get the mask right. And they did get the mask right. Very happy for that. I do look forward to seeing what this whole mess with who the fuck Jude Law is in this movie. Is it Jan Rog? Is it fucking Marvel? Is he a combination of the two? I think that's what we're going for, but I don't know. We don't know, and that's fine. I don't need to know. I, just, I look forward to seeing what they present to me. That extended look was pretty cool, though. I'm sorry. Had myself on mute. was talking to myself there. I will um I will ask no. Joel before I pass it uh before I pass it on. Um we did get a little bit from Samuel Jackson in an interview to where uh I kinda feel like the guy is making like thirty movies a year, so like he kinda forgets like the movie didn't come out yet, so like you probably shouldn't say things. Um but Samuel Jackson did drop a little nugget saying that Captain Marvel uh is one of the few characters that can time travel. Now I will say this, because a lot of people are like, oh, my God, is that spoiler or something? I feel as though the context of it might have been uh, different if you listen to the audio rather than taking the graph from what the, uh, what the article might have said, if you actually listen to it. Um, because it could mean a plethora of things. So I wanted to ask you, uh, Joel, same as I asked Tia and Nick, what do you think about his statement of, she time travels. Do you really believe that she has, she possesses the power to travel through pockets of time? Um, because if so, they're making her ridiculously OP. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I don't know what to make of that. Um, it sounds like maybe just a slip of the tongue. Maybe there's more to that statement than meets the eye. Uh, as long as it's not like what they did in Superman the movie where he fucking flies around the earth a couple times and goes through time like that, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> just but, what I was thinking. You know, <laughs> I, as long as it's not that, I think I'll I'll be okay with it. It's just, I, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see how that that goes through. But at this point, it, it, I'll just take it as a with a grain of salt. I mean, we may have just got confused or whatever. I, I mean, I'm hoping so, but I, I will say <laughs> – a part of me, because we have seen in this MCU, uh, Feige does like the idea of making some of these heroes a little more OP than they actually are in the comics. 
um, whether it's Evans with one hand holding a helicopter or uh, Evans, maybe some people say yeah, some people say they uh, he caught him off guard, so maybe that's why. But yeah, doing that is just like all right, come on, come on, guys, like. We get it. Chris Evans is super pretty, and it's like you want him to seem like this god in this universe. But come on, <laughs> like Thanos can rip his head off of his <laughs> off of his neck. Let's not be ridiculous. <laughs> um, but Nick, I pose the question yeah. to you. Uh, not only your thoughts on the extended look, but I'll start with asking you: What do you take from Samuel Jackson saying uh, Captain Marvel possesses the ability to time travel? Uh, I think Kevin Feige about to sue somebody. Breach of contract, bro. <laughs> like, you can't just go around saying <laughs> shit like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I don't know. I, I feel like we really need to see the movie before we can start taking a comment like that and trying to apply context to it. Um, it's just right, like right, right now there's too many unanswered questions to – for me to, like, I'm going to pull a Joel and say I'm not really going to speculate on this one. <laughs> so, sorry. Yeah. I'm sure you're probably looking, gonna... looking for, for <laughs> me to be the one who does speculate, but uh, not not this time. Um, but uh, as, <laughs> as far as the trailer, I loved it. Um, I uh, I know that um, y'all remember I was, I was kind of one of the, um, I won't say haters, but, like, just like some of the dialogue in the first couple trailers and especially like um, Brie Larson's delivery at times seemed a little off to me. Um, but uh, you know, like the, the one line that really stuck out was from the second trailer, the whole, like, I'm not going to fight your war. I'm going to end it. And it was just like, Oh, come on. Like, God, that sounds so bad. Um but in this trailer, uh, you, you, I think Joel mentioned it. You get a few more like um, personal moments, conversation, human element, um, and I think that it kind of makes me like, like I've, of course, just like Joel. I mean, they already got my money. I'm gonna go see it. But it does make me like um, a, a little more. Um, I don't want to say optimistic because I wasn't really pessimistic to begin with, but like for lack of a better word, like it, it, it at least like raises my hype level a little bit. Um, but like just, just those, those human elements. I like my favorite part of the new trailer is, you know, when, when she's basically describing the fury, like what, what's a scroll. And he's like, well, how do I know you're not a scroll? And she like shoots the photon <laughs> blast. And he's like, what the <laughs> fuck was that? It's like, it was a photon blast. He's like, like that didn't mean anything to me. Like that, that like moment. Yeah. She's like, what? <laughs> Who the fuck doesn't know that scrolls can't shoot photon blasts? Like, come on, dude. Um, like, I love that. That's like, true. that was that's that was probably cool, my yeah. favorite. Yeah, that's probably my favorite part of like any any part of any of the trailers so far. Um, but uh, but yeah, no. I mean, overall, I thought it was I thought it was good. Like like Joel said, I mean, it didn't give us a whole lot more as far as plot line, as far as um, action set pieces, like we didn't really get any more of that, but we did get um, a couple little like nice hand-picked scenes um, that I thought, you know, were very effective um, in, in, in presenting these characters without, you know, in, in, in positive ways without giving any like information, like real information away. Um, so yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. 
Yeah, I, I will say, um, Joel was saying, you know, he, he was really hoping that they get the mask right. I will say one thing that I noticed is it seems like, seems uh, like the same technology that she uses for her helmet is the same one that Peter uses for his. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Uh, at least the design of it is somewhat similar to where instead of, in, you know, taking over the whole head, it usually just kind of cuts off just the hair uh, right in the middle. Um, so I thought that was very interesting how, like, it kind of goes to where, like, you hit something and then it kind of just comes around your face. Uh, and uh, like Joel said, like, go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, that, and I kind of, like, I kind of got a little bit of the um, Guardians 2 vibe with the, with the like, helmet, um, the way that mm-hmm. that thing kind of operates anyway. Not the way it looks, but just this operational um, sort right. of mechanism. Um, so yeah. yeah, I think I think it'll be cool, like a, a nice little combination of tech. Um, the nano, you know, could, yeah, and that and, and you know that could also feed into like we, I don't think we'll ever see it in the movies, but it kind of feeds into the mythos of you know how Tony Stark maybe was able to backward engineer some of the Chitari tech to inevitably make the nanotech Iron Man suit, and of course we know he's you know the one who made the the Spider Man suit, so. Yeah, I feel as though the way that suit um, operated is what Shane Black was attempting to try to do because there is, you know, uh, in the comics where Iron Man is able to summon the suit uh, to his body. So it seems like what the Russo brothers did was find out a way to where it is in the chest piece and then just, boom, uh, can, you know, take form on his body. Um, So it was just interesting to see that form of technology in Stark uh, really be able to fully kind of take form like we didn't really see from Iron Man 3. But anyway, um, Tia, I'm going to go to you. Uh, kind of, do you kind of agree with Nick and Joel that you can't really speculate on like what Samuel uh, meant by that, uh, the, you know, his, his words of uh, Captain Marvel can time travel? And what were your thoughts on the extended look? I wouldn't say that I read too into Samuel Jackson's comments. Um, I heard them and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Because I know that Avengers Endgame is going to have some sort of aspect of time travel to it. So I thought, well, this is him pretty much saying that we're going to kind of find out how and why. And it's going to obviously be connected to Captain Marvel. As you guys know, I really am not a reader of comics, so I don't know if this is OOC or not. This is really my first introduction to Captain Marvel, which is, I know, pretty crazy, but I'm just taking it as it it is what it is, and I'm going to see the movie, and I'm going to see how they explain that. And as far as the extended look, um, as Joelle and Nick have said, they already have my money. I'm already excited for this movie, I have been since the end of Avengers Infinity War when they even showed the little deeper to begin with. But, um, you know, I liked it. I've never had a problem with Brie Larson's delivery or her facial expressions or anything like that. To me, uh, the fandom loves Bucky, and he shows pretty much one emotion the whole entire time. So... I've never had a problem with that at all. I like it. She is tough. She is powerful. And 
I don't care if she smiles or anything like that. So I, I've never had any problem with how she delivers. I'm just going to wait till I go to the movies and see it myself. But the, the extended look just made me more excited, and I can't wait till March 8th. Yeah. No, I will say uh, that a lot of these newer, quote-unquote, fans of the uh, – um, I won't even say quote unquote. I will say some of the newer fans of these superhero movies and stuff. That that's what honestly scares me because I got an argument with someone. Um, I, I was following this this Facebook group and they were saying like who would win, Captain America or Batman? And then I was just like, well, obviously for bias reasons, I was like, well, obviously Batman. And one guy comes and he's like, well could Batman hold off Thanos's uh Thanos's attack and I'm like god damn it these movies make these fans <laughs> and these characters are this powerful and they're not like Captain America cannot do that so well you should have movies... just you should have just replied with uh could Captain America like fucking kick Superman's ass like I don't think so like, <laughs> I I had you want to boil like... a boiler plate it down to that fine let's go dude <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely, but at that point, I was just like, maybe, maybe this isn't the person I should be getting in an argument with. Yeah, uh, someone who thinks true. Captain America, um, in in all actuality, is that strong. Um, so it's just like these movies. It's funny now because it's like if you didn't read the comics, like some of these younger kids growing up that are just watching the movies, really do think some of these guys are that powerful. Or I have a lot of people that think the Hulk is that weak. Like, oh, look. Look what Thanos did to the Hulk. I'm like, well, look what Thanos did to everybody. Like, <laughs> relax. <Yeah. laughs> like, that does not mean that the Hulk isn't strong. Um, so it was just funny when you said that, Tia, because I'm like, I'm arguing with this guy, and he's like, he's basing it off of the movie. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm basing it off his comics. Like, the origin of, of where that character came from and the actuality of, of how strong that they're supposed to be. Like, the movies only amplify that. Um, well, so while I do really somewhat cool. agree with you, Juwan, we have to like keep in mind you're like you're retorting to to that guy's comment, like, but you think like Captain America is really that strong? It's a fictional character, like it's, well, it's not no, a real person. So but, whatever but, anyone's version of that character is to them is going to differ. So I I just want to right. interject that a little bit. I don't disagree. I don't disagree (laughs) to that at all. I'm just saying that if you read the comics, which was the only um, source before these movies came out of that character, um, in the comics, he he was. Oh yes, right. Um, But but the the cartoons more closely follow the comics, though. Right. So that's Mm -hmm. why you've never seen Cap that powerful. So it was just like, no, not really. But okay, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Uh, but all right, let's move on. Um, we got word maybe what an hour or two ago. Um, reports saying that we are reportedly getting a trailer for Spider-Man: Far From Home this Tuesday. Um, now, apparently, or well, not apparently, obviously, take it with a grain of salt because we don't talk to Marvel or Sony, so. Um, things like exactly things can change so I don't want everyone to go well Juwan said it was coming out Tuesday and it didn't no I'm reporting that is it um I'll go to you first uh Nick if this trailer does indeed come out on Tuesday or whenever it comes out what are you looking forward to seeing from this trailer the most damn probably I want to see like 
have at least some kind of scenes of like how like Nick Fury, um, like how like some tiny amount of like set up with how he like comes into contact with Fury, um, because obviously like in in the the movies, um, you know he hasn't met Nick Fury yet. So like how how do they play that up? How does that work? Um, but mainly, I mean just just seeing Jake Gyllenhaal, man, like. Um, like hearing him be Quentin Beck and like you know like really getting immersed into that is is probably what I'm looking forward to most. I mean, Mysterio is a character that we have wanted to see for a long time, and uh, you know we're finally getting it. Jake Gyllenhaal is a badass actor, um, so like you know seeing seeing him, seeing hopefully seeing him in costume. Um, you know, that, that seems, that to me has to be the, the thing that I'm looking forward to most and just hoping that, you know, they, they tease it, but they don't like, like you could tease plot, but like show us some cool shit. And part of it is I want to see Mysterio in his damn suit. Yeah. I mean, if I had to, to choose something, I think I'd mainly, like, I think I'd be fine with just seeing a little bit of the elementals, um, mm-hmm kind of a little bit more so of Peter's struggle from whatever happens in Endgame. Obviously, don't spoil anything. Um, but regardless of what happens, the kid died and came back to life. You have to kind of show, like, that, that kind of affects someone's mindset going forward. Um, so I kind of want to see that a little bit. And I want to see, like, is there a love interest of Peter? Like, last movie, we kind of see how that got spoiled. <laughs> so it's like, are we getting a Mary Jane, like an actual Mary Jane? Is she coming out saying that she's actually Mary Jane? Like, there's so many different, is Liz out? Like, what's going to happen? Um, but to me, I purely want to see the elementals, mainly because I never expected to see Hydra Man on the big screen. So, like, I want to <laughs> see that. Um, the idea of Mysterio, I think I, think I want to see more of Mysterio and then how he kind of linked up with Fury and all that after Endgame. Um, mainly because I think it might, like, one might have to do with the other. I'm not saying that it does, but it might. So I kind of want to see that element after Endgame um, and then, you know, kind of dig deep into, you know, where did he kind of meet up with an experience, stuff like that. But right now, me being, me detaching myself from knowing, obviously, Fury and these guys are obviously coming back. I still want to go in the world of they're gone right now. Endgame tells us how they all come back then I can focus on, like, oh, now he's back. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want yep. to skip a step in, in my brain. I don't want to skip a, I just, a skip a step. I just really want to see, like, I, like, I would be totally happy if, like, there's almost no Mysterio, but then at the very end of the trailer, you see him deliver some line of dialogue to a character that's off screen that we don't know who it is or what the context is, but you get to see the finished product of, like, him in that fucking suit. Like, I want to see the suit, man. Like, we've seen the behind-the-screens images, but I want to see it with, like, all the effects done and everything. Like, I'm really hyped for that damn suit. Listen, I, I would have no issue with that. I'd have no issue. If you're giving me little to no backstory on Jake Gyllenhaal's character, but we see the suit in very little dialogue, I'd be fine with that. Or even if he was narrating uh, the trailer and then it ends with, with him in the suit. I, I'd be fine with that. Um, but me and you, Nick, can go back and forth for forever. Uh, Tia, <laughs> um, with the trailer possibly coming Tuesday or whenever, what are you looking forward to seeing the most? 
Um, I hate to sound like a broken record here, but definitely Jake Gyllenhaal as someone who is such a huge fan of his and he's involved in Spider-Man Far From Home. That's going to be great to see. And the fact that they keep marketing it as he's supposed to be a good guy and Nick is using him in a good guy capacity, I'm interested to see if that finds its way to the trailer for us to see that. I think it would be really cool or interesting that in any trailer that we see of Far From Home, that it just shines light of Jake Gyllenhaal's character of a good guy, and it's not until we see the movie that that obviously, then it becomes him as Mysterio and this bad guy way, but I think it'd be really interesting in the trailer if we only see it where there is no sinister motives or anything like that. Jake Gyllenhaal is just a good guy. And obviously, I'd really like to see how they're going to come out with a trailer with Peter Parker in it while not spoiling Endgame for us. Because, yes, we know that Peter's going to come back, but we don't know in what capacity he's supposed to come back. And... It, it would be inter- it would be super interesting if we got a Spider-Man Far From Home trailer and Peter Parker wasn't in it at all, just to just to mess with us, just to be like, hey, we're not spoiling anything. So um, mostly though for the trailer, I'm just looking forward to Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I mean it it, it kept lingering in my mind after I saw the the report come out uh, a, a little while ago, to where it was just like. This has to be Sony. Like, this purely has to be Sony's idea because I can't picture Kevin Feige, the, 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 the master of mystery. I can't imagine he would want this trailer to come out before Endgame. I mean, it just it makes no sense. You had Infinity War end with him dying. Now the general public who has no idea how superhero movies work, no idea how any of that works, you're now telling them, like, oh, before Endgame happens and you see, you know, how he comes back or whatever, he's back. It's just like, what? (laughs) What did I miss here? Like, did something happen in, like, you know, before the next Avengers movie came out or something? So I kind of feel like Sony is is, is really behind putting this trailer out, building that hype of this movie, to which I feel as though hype doesn't need to be built for this movie because Endgame fuels that hype. Like, Endgame will end with Spider-Man being alive, and then it'll have people going, okay, now I want to know what happens to Spider-Man, like, now that he's been brought back, and whatever happens at the end of Endgame, like, how does he go about life moving forward? Um, I, I, I don't know. I could be completely wrong. Uh, Joel, that is usually what your sole purpose is on this show, is to tell me that I'm purely wrong. Uh, <laughs> does, this, does this kind of feel like a Sony-driven move, or do you think Kevin Feige is just like, I don't care. Put it out, and then Endgame will come. And then all your, your your questions will be in. Well, I wouldn't. I mean, I have no doubt Sony has a big part in uh, the marketing for this because it's they're the one producing it. So it's very much uh, their call on how they want to market it. But obviously, it's called Spider-Man: Far From Home. <laughs> you can't have Spider-Man without Spider-Man. It just doesn't work that way, unfortunately. The trailer for me, what I'm looking forward to, just like everyone else, is like how the fuck they're gonna avoid the whole. You know, he did die in Infinity War, so what 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 happened? Like, how are you gonna explain that? But unfortunately, they're probably not going to tell us. They're probably gonna ignore the fact that it even happened, and you won't see anything until obviously Endgame is over, 
and then Far From Home will explain everything after that. Because uh, to me, I think Far From Home will, will probably touch on Infinity War, maybe. But again, we don't know what to, does he even remember Infinity War once it, like Endgame, you know? Like, does he remember dying? I guess there's a, whole, there's a whole bunch of questions that come up. We don't know. We do not know that he that he even remembers most of what happened uh, after the end end game. So far from home might just ignore the whole idea that that it happened, and we might just get just the basis of the movie. So for me, based on far from home, I would love obviously like everyone else, Jake Gyllenhaal is Mysterio. I have to see Mysterio in the fishbowl head. That's the one thing they've avoided showing us even in the marketing is the fishbowl part of it. We've seen the costume more or less. Kind of. We haven't seen the movie still of it. We haven't seen their official uh, of, you know, us officially seeing this too. We've seen only like behind the scenes shit or um, uh, marketing bullshit, but we haven't seen them with the fishbowl head. Like, is that going to be a thing or do we have to wait the whole movie to get the fishbowl? Those are big questions for me. Maybe they avoided the whole time. I do not know. Uh, I would love to see interaction between him and Fury. That'd be cool. Like you said, the elementals, I'd like to see the elementals in some capacity. Sure. Um, it doesn't even have to be a long trailer. It could be something quick. I don't really care. Uh, I don't expect to see the whole movie in this first teaser because that's probably what's going to be. Uh, it probably won't be anything elaborate until after Endgame, in my opinion. So this this small tidbit of what we get will we'll probably hold us off until uh, the after the events of Endgame. So that's just everything yeah. I'm looking for. Fishbowl head Mysterio. That's my thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you have the, the nail on the head, like, I would expect exactly like you said. Like we're, we'll get something that doesn't even address in game. We may even get a second trailer before in game is um, released, and then after right. that, maybe in the third trailer, then we get you know some kind of connection between right. in game and and you know far from home. But like the thing is, like as far as what you were saying, Juwan, like obviously like they're not going to just like not market a movie that's coming out later this year. Like they're not just going to wait. Like I'm sure they're like, you know, have like Amy Pascal and Kevin Feige have had conversations about like, like Kevin being like, all right, Amy, this is what you're not allowed to put in the trailer. Like, um, but mm-hmm. like other than that, you know, like of course they're going to need to market their movie. Like they can't just wait like until Endgame comes out and then do like a, a full court press marketing like thing like it's it's, it's, right. it's just that doesn't happen. Well, no, I I honestly think there's a possibility that um I mean this was being teased around um a while ago. I mean it's not out of the realm of possibility to say that this movie could possibly take place before the events of Infinity War. Could um I mean I'm not saying that it does. For people out there, try to kill me about that. I'm not saying that it does. I'm just saying someone once said sharpening my knife now. (laughs) Someone once said to me that what if the events of this movie happen, and then the scene where we see them on the bridge, that was them coming back from the field trip. Like after the whole events of of Far From Home, they were on the bus heading home. Like what if what if that was the premise of Far From Home leading into. Infinity War. I'm not saying that it is. I'm just saying maybe that yeah. could be why they're like, yeah, yeah, put it out now. It doesn't even have anything to do with in-game or Infinity. Even though Feige did so, say it takes place after, and exactly he said, I believe he said directly after Avengers Four. Was well, but, oh, so he did. Well, yeah, but it comes. But it, <laughs> first of all, Kevin Feige is a liar sometimes. <laughs> because, I'm not saying he isn't. I'm just telling you what he said. If we're gonna go by that, we're gonna go by yeah, what yeah, he yeah. Say no, no, what no. It looks I, like. And I, to, I totally get that. But like, I mean, I, I do think it's. 
I don't. I agree with Juwan. I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility, and I don't put much stock into Kevin Feige's word um, as far as like if if it if it were to spoil anything, I don't put a lot of stock in what he has to say. Um, right. I just mean, personally. Let's, I mean, we did let's not, we did hear them say time and time again like the 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 title for Avengers four was never mentioned in Avengers Infinity War, and then, like, we get the title, and we're like, you fucking liars. <laughs> well, I mean, right. that, and also the the whole idea of Kevin Feige allowed people to believe that the kid in Iron Man 2 was Spider-Man. I mean, was Peter. Uh, and it's like, there's no way you thought you were going to ever have Spider-Man. There's no way you set that up that early. So it's just like Kevin Feige mm-hmm. sometimes just, you know, whatever you want to believe. Cool. Yeah, sure. No. Takes place after. <laughs> you know, so, like, I, I do believe that Kevin Feige sometimes plays to the masses. Um, but like I said, Joel, this isn't me trying to say that it does take place before. No, but um, I'm going to pretend like it is, Especially since we're setting up to go into uh, a movie that might potentially uh, be heavily influenced by time travel. So it's like anything could be possible. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah, time travel will uh, play an element. We know that much. Absolutely. Uh, and if Nick Fury is, is correct, it might take place before Endgame. Uh, right. Let's move on. <laughs> let's move on uh, to some more topics. We got Disney Plus. Thank God we have a name for that streaming service. I hated calling it the Disney streaming service. Disney Plus has uh, some more rumored shows. Um, Word. Well, it has a rumored show and then has more rumors. There we go. Let's put it, put it like that. One of the rumored shows is a Lady Sith show, which I'd say makes even less, uh, like, it's more confusing to do that than it is to do the Loki show. And I'm confused on why they're doing a Loki show. Uh, Joel, the man with the the information behind this all, kind of explain to me a little bit your thoughts on the idea of a Lady Sith show, and then if there's any details around kind of what they're looking to do with the show. Yeah, I'm very indifferent at <laughs> the idea of a Lady Sif series. At this point, I'm starting to think that these shows aren't meant to go long-lasting. It seems like these, like they're like they're going to be like mini series. Like there's going to be this show, this show, this show. Doesn't mean there'll be a season two. It might be, but that's not really, I think, a foregone conclusion. That's what it, it looks like. That's what's going to be the case. If Lady Sif is going to have her own show, where does it take place? Does it take place during the events of Ragnarok, where we didn't see her at all? That would make sense, right? Like, where, where the fuck has she been? Um, the whole idea of a Loki show, I don't, I don't personally need a Loki show. I never did. Like, <laughs> like, and there are rumors that the Loki show might, might uh, focus on a younger Loki and him being the narrator of his uh, story through his like younger years. And I'm like, oh, cool, sure. I mean, I guess, uh, whatever. Um, but. I don't know. These shows are going to be very – I'm very interested to see the direction they go uh, with these shows. I can't wait to see how it looks. Will it look like the movies that we've seen? I mean, I have to imagine they're going to have big budgets. Like, I'm very curious to see how they're going to play out a Vision and Scarlet Witch, which apparently um, just got a new showrunner, and they plan on doing the, a current star. At least I think that it's being inspired by a current Vision storyline, which had him creating his own family. So they'll probably touch on the whole Scarlet Witch Vision uh, dynamic of them maybe having kids and maybe artificial. I don't know because they do have kids in the comics, but I still, I still I honestly don't remember how that worked out because he's not really human. So <laughs> I'm very curious to see how they play on that in the show. 
and what direction they go with all these different Disney Plus shows. But, yeah, um, it's going to be an interesting year because I, I, we're going to learn a lot. I'll, I'll say that. We're going to learn a lot. Yeah, Comic-Con – let me take that back. Not Comic-Con because I think uh, Disney is really starting not to like the idea of utilizing Comic-Con. They prefer D23 um, to to prevail any any upcoming news or anything like that. I think that's where we'd probably get a bulk of the movie slates and, and TV news and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like if you're telling me Lady Sif and the Loki show are miniseries, like you said, that are like a one-off and then they're done, cool. Still don't need it, but cool. But if you're telling me you're right. planning out right, right. A, a series to where it's a full season one, a full season, I'm going to say no thank you. I mean, I'm not going to say that's going to be bad. I'm just going to say why. Like. <laughs> Focus on shows that kind of really make sense, like the Scarlet Witch Vision show. I'm all for it. Um, the Falcon and, and Bucky show. I'm all for it. Like those make sense. Yeah. One, you just killed Loki, so I, I really don't need to see. I thought you eclipsed. Well, I'm not eclipsed. I thought you were ending the story of Loki in Infinity War. You had the whole redemption thing, and then you killed him. I don't need to see anything else. <laughs> like especially from his past, I don't care. Um, and then Lady Sis, like. You mentioned her not at all. Let's not also forget that I I believe Hella killed all of the uh what was it the Warriors three or whatever it's called uh, yeah of yeah Thor's she friends. killed them all yeah she did and then yeah. Asgard blew up <laughs> so it's like yeah, did she, she sneak yeah. on the ship because I'm pretty sure Asgard would have noticed her and then when Thanos mm-hmm. snapped did she disappear so it's like there's too many questions for me to have any interest <laughs> in that show to answer all of them. Um, but Nick, I'm going to pass it to you. What are some of your thoughts on what Joel kind of listed to what Marvel's looking to do with some of these shows? And, you know, out of, out of what he's mentioned, like, where's your interest level in a lady's sis show and a Loki show that's probably narrated about a younger version of him? Um, like what is some of your interest in, in some of what Joel was breaking down there? Well, uh, as rumors. far as the Lady Sif show, um, yes, mm-hmm. rumors. Uh, as far as the Lady mm-hmm. Sif show, like, I'm totally down with that. Like, I, I feel like it was a character that was kind of always underutilized, and those are the characters that I want to see on these shows. Um, mm-hmm. Like, still, like, for my money, give me a Luis and Darcy show. Like, that's still the show that I really want. <laughs> but, um, mm. but nevertheless, like, I'm I'm down with this show. Like, I, I'll watch it. Um I'm gonna watch all of them, as all as are y'all. Um, but I'm actually like um, really intrigued to see what they they potentially do with the Loki show. I said when you know we first kind of got this news that I would love to see it be a prequel. Um, you know, I, I don't want him to. I, don't, I I want Thanos to have killed him. I don't want him to come back. Um, but I do think it would be interesting to get a prequel where he's more of an anti-hero, like you see the elements of his mis- mischievous ways and all of that, um, but he's not hes not necessarily a bad guy. Um, and, you know, thinking about that leading into, um, the, like, watching that as a, as, a, as a prequel to, say, the, you know, Thor... Um, the Avengers, Thor 2, and, and of course, you know, Thor 3 and Infinity War, I think it could be an interesting way to, like, um, flesh out uh, earlier parts of his character and how he ends up where he ends up um, by the time we get to Thor. 
Um, I, I mean, is, is it is it necessary? No, but I do think it's interesting. Like I I, I I am interested to to watch that. That's probably actually the one out of all the ones that have been listed. Like the one that I'm probably most intrigued by, honestly. Um, like I I'm cool with them doing a Scarlet Witch and Vision show. Um, it'll be interesting to see when and where that takes place. Because um, as we know, of course, with um, Infinity War, like you know, Vision wasn't just snapped out of existence. Now, that's not to say he can't be brought back. I mean, especially, um, you know, one of the things I've speculated is, you know, obviously they can't find Shuri. Um, she's in, in the trailer. She's in one of those, like, little missing things. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, she obviously knew how to rework his mind and was really close to doing it um, at the end of Infinity War. She, if you look closely, there's, like, eight, ports of entry to the Mind Stone, um, and she had gotten six of those, um, like, bypassed. So she only had to get two more, and then they could have extracted the Mind Stone. So maybe she can bring him back to life. Like, maybe that's how they get there, and maybe we even see that happen, um, or revealed, at least. Maybe probably wouldn't see it happen, but see it revealed um, within the movie. Um, I think that could be an interesting way to to bring Vision back um, and and to explain like why they can't find Shuri, what she what she is doing. Um, so like that that you know that I I would hope that one takes place after. I don't think you have enough timeline to go with those characters having been together to to really do any sort of prequel thing with it. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I mean I'm 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 intrigued for these shows. Um, I, I mean obviously I think. It'll just be interesting to see him, you know, flesh out this universe even more. And the and the most intriguing part, of course, is like there's a direct connection, there's a direct tie um, between the MCU and these shows. Whereas obviously it was merely just an illusion with the Netflix stuff, um, like only very little references. And then even with you know shows like Agents of Shield, um, very little overlap. Uh, you know, so um, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 pumped. I, I can't wait to see what they do. I will say with the shows that have that take place in the current MCU, not prequels or anything. Uh, what's good about them is a lot of times when we're like, oh, well, what was blah blah blah? Like, you know, like explain it. Like, you can use these shows to explain some of that stuff. So sure. maybe you don't have to focus on putting it in movies. So it 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 does help to kind of clean up a lot of the stuff that sometimes these movies just overlook. It's just like, wait, hold on. You didn't explain any of that. Um, and it's like, man, like Marvel has a way of making a movie so good that like, I sometimes forget the fact that they left something out. And it's like, it's not until like my fifth watch. I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. You guys never my, explained this. And my like, favorite, <laughs> my favorite of any of that was when people, when, when BVS, uh, like Uber fans were trying to defend BVS and, and simultaneously uh, trash Civil War, and they were saying, mm-hmm. um, like, where was Vision at the beginning? Like, where was he? Like, why wasn't he there? Um, and, and tried to say it was a plot hole. I'm like, not a plot mm-hmm. hole. Like, and it, like I, I get it. They never explained why he wasn't there, but, like, he was off doing something else. That's I don't know, but he wasn't there. It's not, not, a, not right. a fucking plot hole, dude. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, no, that that's that's a good point. I never really thought about that till literally just right now. Like, man, you could have just put Vision in there. <laughs> like, 
didn't really need anybody else. He could have just maybe sent Cap and Vision. And That's why he wasn't there. What have been fun to watch. Is, <laughs> right. Why? That's what I'm yeah. saying. Sometimes we don't have to so have too much good. more explanation than that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like sometimes these movies are so good that you kind of just go, oh, yeah, I never really thought about that. You know, with, <laughs> you know, some DC movies that you're kind of like, that's all I was thinking about. The entire movie, I was thinking, why would you do this? <laughs> and that's kind of the difference between the two. Um, but Tia, um, with everything that Joel was kind of breaking down sure. with some of these, these rumored shows and what was supposed to be going on, uh, what, what kind of piqued your interest the most? Like the Lady Sif show, the Loki show possibly being, um, him narrating about his younger life. Like what, what were some of the things that kind of stuck out to you? Um, well, honestly, I'm just excited for the Loki show because Tom Hiddleston in any capacity always interests me, but (laughs) I was just thinking of her as we were talking about, um, plot holes and questions that are kind of left unanswered. One of the biggest that I've always had throughout the MCU is when we last see Loki from the first Thor to the first Avengers, he's quite distraught looking he has uh circles under his eyes he looks very very stressed and i know that in between that time is obviously when he meets thanos when he meets the chitauri when he gets um his staff so really i think that it would kind of be interesting to have a show to explain what happened between the fall because loki did fall Thor thought he was dead, Odin thought he was dead, but then we see obviously in the end credits of the first Thor, we see him manipulating Dr. Selvig to help him out or whatever, um, looking at the Tesseract. So I think that it would be interesting to almost see how did Loki get hooked up with Thanos? How did he get hooked up with the Chitari? And where did it really kind of go wrong for him to then just, for me, at least maybe in a personal, it just never felt like it was truly addressed. They addressed it a little in uh, the first Avengers with the Chitari telling Loki that he, you know, will have nowhere else in the universe to hide if he doesn't give Thanos what he wants. And then we obviously saw that come into fruition with the end of Thor Ragnarok and the beginning of Avengers Infinity War. But really, we never saw what happened to him between the first Thor and the first Avengers. We saw what happened to him kind of really in every other aspect, but not that. So as far as a prequel per se in the idea that we would get a younger Loki, I'm not really concerned with that. Um, You know, I, I do really like Loki. I wouldn't really want to see a younger him on Asgard in his life. I would more so be interested in his journey between the events of Thor 1 and Avengers 1. I will say Kevin Feige, I believe, um, anyone correct me if I'm wrong, I believe he did explain that Thanos, um, to some degree, had a, uh, a control over Loki. So I don't think it was more so accidental that their paths crossed. Um, I think Thanos was aware of Loki, um, whether, whether or not it was before he fell or after he fell. Um, but Thanos completely manipulated Loki. Um, and it seems as though the, the manipulation that he used, it could have been fear. It could have been promise of power that he was quickly going to strip away. 
Um, but uh, Thanos' goal was always to use Loki to get what he needed. Um, and that's why you saw Loki play such a hand um, in the MCU going forward, because Thanos was always, his plan was to always manipulate Loki to get the stone. Um, I'm going to find a direct quote uh, to you that Kevin Feige kind of broke that down a little bit. Excuse me, and send that to you. Um, but he did somewhat kind of go into detail of that was kind of the whole play behind it. It was pure manipulation on Thanos' part. Uh, the whole look of, of, of his face in, uh, in Avengers um, was a manipulation of the stone. Um, so a lot of that was kind of just um, Thanos doing more so than, like, something really being, like, an agreement between the two. It was a pure manipulation. Um, but like I said, I'll get you that quote and send it off to you. But, yeah, it was one of those where it was, like, they didn't really go into much detail about it. Um, but who knows? Maybe Thanos will kind of, you know, throw that in Thor's face uh, in the middle of a fight. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I would like the idea of seeing what happened to him in, in that point, maybe even what he was doing on Asgard while he was uh, pretending to be um, his father. Uh, I just oh, that really would be hilarious. <laughs> I just really don't want to see anything that takes place before the movie store purely because I felt like that first movie really told you all you needed to know. His father didn't want him, uh, you know, was, was gonna, I think they said kill him and Odin took him. So it's just like, I, I don't really need to know anything, anything else. That's okay. Cool. That, that solved that for me. Um, Tom Hiddleston is the only thing that attracted me to a show about Loki um, was to see him as Loki. So if you're telling me that he's narrating, I, I don't know if my interest level is that high. Yes, Nick, I completely agree with you. I will watch it because, you know, the <laughs> the the biggest thing with me is I'll talk crap, then watch it, and then possibly end up liking it. That's just what my role here is. Um, so I won't lie and say that. If that is the premise, I won't watch it because I'd be lying. I will. Um, but I just don't have the highest level of interest for it. Um, but all right. Anyone have anything else to add before we move on? Nope. Good. I think good. Good. I think Feige's comments were just him backtracking, personally. Like, I don't think he necessarily intended all of that when they were actually making Avengers, but he can he can kind of wiggle his way around it, you know? So, I so like, I mean, Loki doesn't, like, like, look the... as bad. Um, right. But, like, I don't know. I kind of I kind of feel like it's a cop-out, honestly. I don't disagree. I mean, I feel the same way when everyone was like, oh, my God, start called Endgame in, in Age of Ultron you're not going to tell me that they had planned that far ahead to drop that line in there. Like, no. The Doctor Strange one, sure, yeah. I, I don't think the Age of Ultron was, was, was thinking that forward. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you, Nick. I think Kevin Feige has the, the luxury to be able to um, to go back on things and kind of go, oh, no, 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 that's what we meant because everything's worked out so far. So, right. yeah, yeah I, I don't disagree with that. Um, all right, let's move on to some more Disney news. Um, apparently the Disney, uh, 21st century Fox transaction is expected to be closed by early March. We've talked a million times about this deal. So my question is going to be when this deal is finalized, what is the first property you would like to see them turn into a movie? Um, Nick, I'll actually start with you. Fantastic Four. Like, I, I so want to see X-Men in this universe, and, like, that's ultimately what I'm more hyped for 
Like, I'm just a bigger X-Men fan than, than a Fantastic Four fan, but I want to see Fantastic Four first for a, a multitude of reasons. One, I think Reed Richards could be huge as far as playing a lead role in the future of the MCU and those characters. Um, and two, I, I just want to see a good Fantastic Four movie. Like, we've never seen a good Fantastic Four movie. Um, so I, I would love to see that. Um, I would love to see them kind of tie tie those characters, like have it be a, yeah, I've talked about this before, so I won't go long about this, but have it be like a space race thing and then have them enter like a time vortex uh, in the quantum realm and then come back out in and, and, uh, and, and present day and then have like, like a younger Hank Pym and, and then it's revealed that like he knew, uh, you know, Reed Richards and them back, you know, in the day, but he just assumed they were gone or, you know, whatever. Um, like, I think that would be, ultimately would be pretty cool. Um, and like be a, a, a viable link to get, you know, into, um, the universe. Um, but yeah, like that, that'd be the one that I would hope they would do first. Um, and you know, the, 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 like Fantastic Four are royalty within Marvel cause they're like the first ones, you know, um, like, like they're the, they're the first ones, you know, outside of any sort of proper like Captain America that wasn't really Marvel, but mm-hmm. then they were, it was brought into Marvel, whatever, but they're like the Royal right. family. So, um, first so family. yeah, the first family. Thank you, Joel, for the proper nomenclature. Um, so like, so yeah, like, I, I mean, that's the one that I would really like to, for them to get right first. Um, and then they can work in like, like I've said before, they can work in all of these various that they can do introduce the core X-Men and then work in the, the like uh like sort of second batch of recruits in either solo mm-hmm. movies or you know you could put Storm in a Black Panther movie you could put Rogue in a Captain Marvel movie you could put Gambit in an Ant Man team up of a Wolverine and Hulk in a movie yes like there's there's so much mm-hmm. that you can do with those characters uh, but I think cool. first things first let's get the Fantastic <laughs> Four introduced yeah fair enough uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Joel, what would be the first property that you would like to see uh, made into a movie after this deal is struck? Yeah, I agree with Nick. Uh, Fantastic Four. Uh, I can't wait to get the X-Men there, too, but that I wouldn't mind giving a little bit of the breathing room considering they have two movies coming out this year, you know, between the X-Men, Dark Phoenix, and, and New Mutants, and that will probably be the end of that. And um, they'll give them some time. It'll probably be a couple of years before we get another action movie within the MCU, but I do want to see the Fantastic Four right off the gate. As soon as they have a chance to say that they're going for it, go for it, and I want everything inside of it. You know, between Fantastic Four leads way to Doctor Doom and, and Galactus, Silver Surfer, uh, Mole Man, a whole bunch, a whole bunch, so many things, so many things. <laughs> we could do so many things with Fantastic Four, and, and it's about time we get them back home. It's, it'll be their homecoming. You probably can't call it homecoming because they already did a Spider-Man, but it'd be nice to see Spider-Man, if, I mean Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, and of course the X-Men eventually in due time. But Fantastic Four should be first. Yeah, I, I, the, the biggest thing with me is my, my excitement of the Fantastic Four has little to do with the Fantastic Four and more to do with Reed purely. I've always wanted the Illuminati. And I felt like we're right there to get it. Like, we just got Black Panther. We have Doctor Strange. Uh, you know, he's talking um, Namor. So it's like, you know, we're getting close. And then it's like the idea that Endgame could end with Stark dying 
possibly <laughs> the saddest things I'll ever have to <laughs> to imagine because it's like, no, we're so close. That's why I'm like, Kevin, I'm like, I really hope you guys just have it in to where he retires. He finally retires. Yeah, yeah. He goes off I'll with Pepper. <laughs> um, and then it takes a Galactus kind of event to bring him back. Uh, or, you know, Nick Fury comes to him like maybe a few years down the line and says, there's this super scroll invasion that I think is coming that then starts build the Illuminati. Like I just I want the Illuminati so desperately, but if Stark dies, my interest in the Fantastic Four just dies. <laughs> It'll be gone. It'll be gone. That is my sole purpose of wanting the Fantastic Four in the Marvel universe is to see the Illuminati. Um, but I could geek out about that for eons. Tia. Uh, what is the first property you would like to see brought in, uh, made into a movie once this deal is uh, is finalized? Um, you know, all of the things that I w- was kind of excited for with the Fox deal really at this point feels like a little too little, too late type of deal. Just because it, it would be cool to agree with all of you to have a Fantastic Four reboot where it's done within the MCU and it's done well. I would really hope that there's some sort of joke made about, um, you know, Chris Evans and playing both Captain America and uh, Fire Force. <laughs> Johnny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, think that would, I think that would be amusing. But as far as it, we have Scarlet Witch who, you know, her father should be Magneto, but obviously we couldn't mention that. And we have things like Wolverine and Captain America having fought together, but we can't have that in the MCU. But Hugh Jackman's retired. Um, How would we explain Magneto actually being Charlotte Witch's dad? I'm not sure. And I I would love to see Deadpool brought in. I'm not sure if it could work. I'm not sure if it, he would even be able to go over to the MCU with contracts or whatever. But um, I, I would like to see that personally. So those are my personal opinions, the things that I would have liked to see. But now that we're so far down the line, I just don't see those things happening. So I'm just going to sit back and kind of, pleasantly watch as they hopefully introduce mutants into the MCU and they can actually call them mutants and not have to call them other things because of legality and all that BS. So that will be nice. Um, That's really kind of about it. I think it would be super interesting if we could introduce um, X-23 into the MCU. If you're not going to introduce Wolverine because Maybe Hugh Jackson doesn't want to reprise his role, and <laughs> so I, I, that's really what I see. As far as that, I don't have anything right now that I'm super pumped. It would just be nice to not be like, well, you know, in the comics, this, this, and that, but we can't say that because one is owned by Fox and one is owned by Disney. So that's going to be the nice thing about it. I yeah, will and say the. the- the easy solution for, for the Magneto thing is that, you know, Peter and Wanda were, uh, like, their parents that died in the, in the bombing were, yeah, they were adopted. And the reason that they were able to withstand, uh, was it Stoker 
uh, Stroker, whatever his Stroker. name was. Strucker. Yeah. Strucker. Strucker. Thank you. Uh, Strucker's experiments was because it unlocked their mutant gene. It unlocked their mutant abilities. Um, and that mm-hmm. was why they were able to withstand. Um, they were the only ones to, to survive his experiments. Um, so, I mean, I think you could, j- just like how we were saying Kevin Feige did a, a kind of a left turn when it came to Loki's motivation earlier on, he could do a left turn with any of that stuff, too. They've left the door open enough to where they could do right. that, I think. And they will yeah. recast Wolverine in due time. It's going to happen. Yeah. Unfortunately for Hugh Jackman. Yes, I know you were very, very, very big on that, Joel. I will say to your point, Nick, yes, it's, it's, it's a simple mention of the idea that uh, Strucker didn't give them their powers. He unlocked their powers. Right. Um, I will say the more difficult task would be to use to kind of get over to us, not the general audience, to us, is that, all right, cool, now that you've, issued in, that you've ushered in, sorry, um, mutants, how is it, like, unless Charles Xavier is 10, like, how is it that the idea of mutants has never been mentioned before? It's not like the X-Men take place on a different earth. What, you know, how are you now going to say they went from the gifted to X-Men? Like, uh, I mean, mutants, sorry, mutants. So that, the, the terminology of that is what I think will be their struggle. But to get Wanda from, um, you know, to, to go the backstory of her father and stuff, that's super easy. To also say that Strucker unlocked their mutant abilities is super easy. I think the terminology of the word mutant is what might be a little bit hard, uh, but not that difficult. But it, it'll just be fun to see how Feige plays around that um, and how they're, they're brought into the, the light. Right, the introduction right. of it. The introduction to mutants in general is going to be very interesting to see how they explain that. <laughs> yeah, right, right. very much. I um, think, honestly, I think the easiest way to do it is just to say that, like, there are a few mutants who have been around, mm-hmm. i.e. your Professor Xavier, your Magneto, your Wolverine, um, but most mutants are just now happening. So there's been a couple, because like, I agree with you, it would be hard to have, uh, ha- like, introduce them and just be like, oh, now there's all these mutants, and that's a thing now. Yeah, right. But if you just said, <laughs> exactly. like, there's, like, three or four or five that have been around, but, like, the there's, like, been this, like, Something has happened, oh, maybe the snap, I don't know, but yeah, something has true. happened something to where right. yeah to where like the the mutant popu- <clears throat> excuse me the mutant population has risen um and and now you know we're basically seeing Charles go find these people, create the x men magneto find these people, create the brotherhood and and then sort of the rise of mutants in in this world kind of starts off with the introduction of the x men Right, and I think this is a, and I think in the back of Kevin Feige's mind, he's always hoped that, um, especially with the recent slate of where the uh, the world of the MCU is, that he could eventually get his hands on his characters. Because if you think about the the plot line of the idea of what the Sokovia Accords meant, it meant they want to be in control of when you're allowed to be a hero. So now right. the events of Infinity War, you're now going to have the world split where it's like, no, you guys should be governed. And then you're going to have people like, they just saved the entire world. Like, let them do whatever they want to do. And now bringing in the, the idea of, oh, no, 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 no. It's not just those select superheroes. We now have kids that have powers. We now have old people that, that have these powers and don't know how to control them. They're causing these events and that and those events. 
So then you got I this think dude with a really... metal mask who runs his own fucking country. <laughs> yes, yes, right. So it'll start to open things up to where it'll divide the world on liking mutants, not liking mutants, and that's when you could bring in that whole senator that was against them. So it opens a billion things up. Last thing I want to say about this merger is, Tia, you said the one thing that a billion people are, are worried about. I will say there's a lot of rumors going on that Black Widow could be the MCU's first rated R movie, and if that does uh, come out as a rated R movie, it then shouldn't be an issue for Deadpool going forward, depending on what they do oh, yeah. within that rated R movie. Like, is it rated R due to violence? Is it rated R due to language? So it'll be interesting to see how they play around with the idea of that being rated R. But if it is rated R and does fine, there shouldn't be any more discussions on, like, well, how are they going to integrate a Deadpool in there? He's rated R and they're not. If Black Widow can do a rated R movie for a character that I don't even really think needs to be a rated R character, um, there should be no issue for Deadpool. So let's see what happens with that movie because then that opens the door for we can get a Deadpool 3 or whatever they're going to do with uh, that character. So that should make things a lot easier um, and calm Ryan Reynolds down a lot more um, <laughs> after we see what happens with that movie. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But um, excuse me, let's move on. We got some more news. Um, I actually want to get to something that Joel brought up before we get on with anything else. I want, Joel, I kind of want to go to you to kind of walk us through the new DC animated movie uh, slate news that we just got. I think that flooded in like yesterday or the day before. Last couple of days, plus like, I think Wednesday started and Thursday, Friday. It was crazy. It's just a lot of them just dropping in. Yeah, so, so um, right, I'll, I'll take over this. <laughs> you want me to okay, go okay. from there? I'll go from there. That was just responding. DC animated movie. Yeah. Well, we got news um, that we were we're possibly getting. Uh, probably not this year because we already know what DC and movies we're getting this year. But uh, it looks like uh, this might be two of the ones that at least we're getting next year. Uh, two very popular storylines, and one being Batman: The Long Halloween, and Superman: Red Sun. So those. Two very popular storylines from the comics, A Red Sun being more of an Elseworld and A Long Halloween being more or less a, a, almost a sequel to, like, the year one Batman. Um, those are getting animated adaptations. At this moment, we still don't know if they're going to be within the DC animated universe that they've already created. Uh, probably not. I'm not totally sure, but that's probably just more or less what we're going They're going with two new animated DC uh, universe movies next year. I do look forward to both of them. Long Halloween. A lot of the Dark Knight uh, is from Long Halloween. If you watch the Dark Knight movie, they took a lot of inspiration from Long Halloween. So an animated version of that is going to be very interesting. And of course, uh, Superman Red Sun, another great storyline, which I think they might touch on on Supergirl this year in some, in, in some variation. But Red Sun, of course, is when Superman, apparently, it's an elsewhere where Superman lands in Russia and is raised there and becomes a commune and all that extra bullshit. And that's a whole other story, but very cool uh, a read as well. Um, but those are the two new anime movies, at least, that I know of. And then, of course, there was they, they, new news came out about the, the one of the movies coming out this year, and uh, Justice League vs. The Fatal Five, which that will also be more of an Elseworlds story, not within the DC animated universe, but New details came in. We're going to get the female Green Lantern in that and all that. And Starman, I think, is going to play a role in that movie, too. So I do look forward to seeing that later this year. But those are the newest news when it comes to DC animation. 
Yeah, I, I will say for Long Halloween and Red Sun, uh, Joel, we could actually get more, well, not a lot more, but some questions answered when we speak to James Tucker again uh, at the end of this month. Um, right. So we could pick his brain a little bit, see what he can tell us, what he can't tell us, um, and kind of just try to figure that out. I do know you also wanted to know if the Batman movie that comes out this year in Hush um, is part of right. the um, – animated universe that they've built so far. So we got to remember right. to, to ask that. Cause yeah. you, I think that you left after we left and you were like, yeah. damn it, that's what I wanted to know. <laughs> I did forget. I did. I was very upset. <laughs> I forgot to ask him before we left, but that, it looks like that's, it is going to be a part of it. From what uh, uh, news came out uh, like a couple of days ago, I think it was Monday uh, about the cast, the voice cast for Hush. And, and they very, they are the same kind of voice cast as the animated universe. So it looks like it will okay, be a part of the DC animated universe. Yeah. Perfect. Um, I can't wait for Hush, by the way. Versus the um, the Fatal Five, I believe Susan Eisenberg is reprising her role as Wonder yes. Woman. Yes. Um, yes. Kevin Conroy. She actually, she actually just followed us on Instagram. So huge shout out to Yay. Susan Eisenberg. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, Who we interviewed? All right. Absolutely, we did interview her. She was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. All right, uh, Tia, I'm gonna start with you. With everything Joel just kind of broke down with the DC animated movies. Um, any of those you're really looking forward to? Any information that you got from them that you didn't really know before? Or could you care less about the animated movies? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I feel like I'm saying something bad if I say that, you know, I'm uh, not oh, – God, I don't want to say I don't care because I'll still watch them. But, um, you know, cool. Happy about that. Um, <laughs> I know it sounds so bad. Um, I, I, cool. Next question. Sorry, I'm just perfect. No, not a problem. Listen, listen. That was possibly the nicest way to say that you don't care that I've ever heard in my life. So that's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, Nick, uh, what are your thoughts? Um, she says she basically she said cool like John Oliver says cool when he's completely like think something is lame like he, he does this cool <laughs> yeah, um cool. and that's that's exactly what that reminded me of that was a fucking awesome um but uh yeah no i mean i'm kind of in the same boat as Tia, honestly like um like I, I don't rush out to see these movies i i went on like a, a little binge maybe a year ago a year and a half ago and watched like Dark Knight, uh, Dark Knight Returns volume. I think there's that's split into two um, parts. Yeah, one and two. Um, right. So I watched both of those. I watched Son of Batman. Um, I liked all three of those. Um, and then I watched The Killing Joke and didn't like it, um, which I, I gather is actually kind of like a like it, it is split seemingly like fifty fifty amongst the fan community. So I guess I just fall on yeah. the side that you know just didn't really it didn't re- really resonate with. Um, but, uh, so, I mean, I, you know, they're, they're more in the positive, you know, side than, than the negative. Um, I think those are really kind of the only ones I've seen. I feel like I saw a Green Lantern, um, animated film, but I can't remember. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I I just don't like, I I don't wait for them and watch them when they come out. It's like usually more like a, Oh, like, I don't really have anything on to watch. Like I'll watch this like, cool. Um, the one that does kind of intrigue me, Joel, you said they're going to do Hush. Yeah, they are doing us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
That's yeah, probably, okay. like, if any of them intrigue me the most, that's going to be the one that I'm like, all right, yeah, uh, I, I'm definitely going to check this out. Um, that would be the one that I, I probably, like, if any of them, that I would, like, actively seek out to see as soon as possible. Yeah, I'd say the main yeah. thing that interests me about uh, the idea of that Hush movie is everyone always is curious of, like, could you ever start a universe where you're like two or three movies in and you've never seen or mentioned the Joker. Those animated movies were able to do that. Like we got Son of Batman, Slade, um, Batman vs. Robin, Court of the Owl. Then we got um, yeah. Batman Bad Blood. That was Talia and I can't remember the name of that, that kid that they, that weird kid that they had. Um, but yeah, we, yeah. we never had, say it again, Joel? No, yeah, I don't remember the name either, but yeah. I oh, know yeah, yeah. Um, we never had any mention or showings of the Joker, and this animated universe of Batman has been really successful. So it's it's been fun to see That's how true. they're able to dig <laughs> into all the other villains because it's not like Batman has two. So it's it's, it's yeah. really cool to see these other villains. So Hush is another one that we've never seen in live action movies, um, and we haven't really seen in animated movies or or shows or anything. So it's really interesting no, that they're getting the deep into that uh, with this movie. Yep, yep, so I, yep. I will say, Nick, if any, if if anything else, that is what really draws me the most um, is that they were able to do stuff that differs from everything else we've seen in the movies or uh, cartoons uh, when it comes yeah. to Batman and his rogue gallery. Yeah, and I, I think um, I've only seen one of those, but I mean, like I said, I enjoyed Son of Batman. I thought it was pretty damn good. I think Court yeah, of Owls is. Good. is is right up there with it. So if you enjoyed that, I think you'd really enjoy Quarter yeah, of the It's a sequel, too. Yeah, that that's, a, that's done, a classic so. storyline, too. So, like, I'm sure yeah, I'll yeah, awesome. Good. Yeah. Bad yeah, Blood was kind of where I was like, yeah, you guys must have lost that magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but, all right, let's move on. Speaking of Batman, um, we have reports that say we could be getting a recasted Batman by the end of the year. Now, I know a lot of people would like like for us to stress that this is only a rumor, but I'm pretty sure we all had this mindset maybe two or three years ago when it was like, it's been staying, it's been not staying. I think we all kind of grown on the idea that he probably won't be coming back. So to me, this is not really news. So I will ask a two-sided question, starting with you, uh, Tia. If Batman is recasted, who would you like to see, even though I personally know your answer? Um, and, <laughs> uh, you know, your ideas on the whole idea of him, of Batman being recasted, like, are you okay with that? You know, does, does it kind of bother you <laughs> at this point? Do you not care? Um, well, you probably know that I have never liked Ben Affleck as Batman. So right, I love to see everyone. No, I'm just joking. Go ahead. <laughs> 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 That's okay. You guys are never allowed on my top ten. Um, anyway, so <laughs> I'm completely fine with them recasting Batman. I would love John Hamm to step into the role. I think that he would be perfect as the Dark Knight, Bruce Wayne. I feel like he has the look for it. And the thing is that some people, when I think we released an article maybe in the summer, um, kind of imagining John Hamm as Batman, and people were saying, oh, 
he's too old or something like that. Yeah. And I believe him and Ben Affleck are around the same age. I'm not sure yeah. who. I think he's older. older. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say I think Ben's years. like a year or two older, but like they're close. No, I right. think I think John uh, is older. <laughs> it's quite. It's like within two years. Yeah. Either way. It, it, it's very close, so I didn't really see the sense of that type of argument. But I would throw um, my hat into the John Hamm arena for being Bruce Wayne. I think that he would just do really, really well. And John himself is up for the task. He's been interviewed before about the possibility, about the imagining of it, and he is open to it. So I think that would be good. First of all, you want an actor, obviously, who would be enthusiastic about the role. And I think that he would make a great uh, new Batman. And personally, I just don't think that, uh, I don't know. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say what I was about to say, just because I feel like that would be controversial enough. So anyway, happy about the recasting. <laughs> um, John Hamm is my choice. Yeah, I, I think the biggest reason why I, I would love for, <clears throat> you know, if they do go the route of recasting, I would love for Ham to take that position is because it's a, it's an effortless transition. Like, you don't really have to explain much because the age is around the same. You don't have to drastically change Batman because, again, the age is around the same. And all you'd have to do for the fans that, that complain about it is make a, a very quick joke in, the, um, in whatever the next Justice League movie is, or even in that Batman movie within itself, to where someone just goes, you look different, and that's it. I'm fine. That's it. Cool. We can move on. Um, so it's just like it's an effortless transition if you go the ham route um, because everything just kind of lines up. Uh, but, Nick, I'm going to go to you. What are your thoughts on them recasting, and who would you like to see inside the cow? Oh, you already know my answer, too. It's definitely John Hamm. Like, I mean, he, he, just, he makes so much sense for so many reasons. By the way, I did just look up both their ages. Uh, ben Affleck's 46. John Hamm is 47. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Like, right uh, there. <laughs> yeah, right there. Um, so, yeah, not, not that much difference going on there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think as far as – if here's the thing. If they're going to keep the same kind of – um, older veteran grizzled Batman, then John Hamm is the perfect choice to me. Like it just makes so much sense. If they're going to like backtrack and make the character younger, um, you know, which has been rumored uh, as far as um, as far as the script is concerned, that it would focus on a, a on a younger Batman, um, you know, and if that's the case, you know, fine, they can go a different direction. Um, but I. If they're not going to just reboot the whole thing, like, and I don't know why they would at this point, especially with Aquaman making so much money and, and Shazam um, looking like it's going to be, you know, a pretty big hit. Um, obviously, uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is scheduled to come out um, either, is it later this year? Next year. Next year. Okay, so. It was this yeah. year. It was this year. All right, but early next year, I would imagine. Um, and that's probably yeah. going to be a hit. So like you have a lot of like a lot of good promising stuff coming down the line. I would kind of keep with the same um, the same basis of the character, and if if you're doing that, then I think John Hamm just just fits the bill so well. I mean, he's um, I I you know I, I where I do differ from Tia is I I do like Ben Affleck's portrayal, um, especially in in 
uh, Batman vs Superman, which I don't like the movie, and I don't like I, I borderline hate the movie, um, but like and even even the way they're like. Even the way that the Batman character is written, I have problems with. But none of that, I don't have any problems with with Ben Affleck's performance and his delivery. Um, I think all of that is spot on in that movie. Um, I think it, it starts to waver a little bit once you get to Justice League. Um, in parts, not in, in in its entirety, but in parts. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I just think, like, John Hamm just makes so so much sense on so many levels, um, you know, for for a multitude of reasons, but mainly to if you're going to stay with that character um, as is written, um, or at least the age that that we've um, you know been introduced to, then yeah, I mean, for my money, John Hamm's the guy. Yeah, I mean, I, it, to me, it's like I find it really hard for someone who disagrees with the pick of John Hamm. Uh, I'm not saying that, you know, <clears throat> your opinion is wrong. I would just really need to see what your issue with John Hamm is for me to be like, okay, all right, I get it. Um, but, Joel, do we even need to go to you? Because I know you're going to say you just want to recast it so it's over with. <laughs> so we can oh just get God. a bad that is beyond my. I'm so over this bullshit at this point. And I was all on the Ben Affleck not leaving thing for years because I did love Ben Affleck as Batman. And I like continuity, god damn it. So I like to see it stay just where it was. But with this, all this back and forth, I'm just so over it. I just want him to be away from everything and Batman to be Batman again. We don't have to talk about Ben Affleck ever again as Batman, even though I really did like him as Batman. I just I'm over it. I do want them just to recast, and we can go back to doing. I don't want to. I don't want to speculate on what Batman on who. I just want to see someone as Batman again. So we have to stop talking about this anymore. I'm so over this bullshit. <laughs> give me a new Batman. <laughs> give me anybody as fucking Batman at this point. Just give me a new Batman. I, I just anybody. It's fine. If it's John Hamm, fine. If it's Oscar fine. If it's J. Phil, fine. Anybody. Give me somebody. I want Batman. <laughs> <laughs> wow! All right. Well, we know where, where Joel stands in this in this situation. Um, but y- yes, I mean, honestly, you guys know that if I could, I'd be the child of Ben Affleck. So my loyalty will forever be with him. But I mean, it's at this point to where it's like I kind of feel like he's part of the reason why we haven't gotten a Batman movie uh, yet, and that no. bothers me a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's like. It's like you, because he I mean, doesn't want to be Batman anymore. He's tired. You can see it on his face. There you go. I said it. All right. All right, guys. <laughs> to be fair to everyone who's like, like, come, come on, Ben. To be fair, it has been reported that he was told he would only be Batman for a handful of movies, yeah. and then Zach was not that that was a good all. decision. Anyway, what the fuck? Who's right, idea right, to bring in right. Batman to kill Batman? I agree with you. I'm not saying I'm not saying I agree with that premise, but I'm saying I could get how he signed on, going, all right, cool, I, three, I, four movies, yeah, I, I'm out. And then he I get was it. like, and then Warner Brothers walked in and was like, well, well, where are you going, Ben? Oh, and I'm getting ready to shoot the scene where I died. No, 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 we're changing all of that. We're gonna do thirty <laughs> movies now. And then Ben's yeah. like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Oh, hell, yeah. I don't want to do that. And everyone's no, I, like, I oh, that. give him one movie. Give him one movie. I'm like, no, I want Batman long term. <laughs> Not one movie go away. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? 
I get you, but I did want to I did want to throw that in there because I think a lot of people aren't aware of that, so they're just really quick to go, Ben, you're horrible for not just saying like I'll do it. Like I think right. part of his negotiation to being Batman was shrouded around a whole nother deal than when Warner Brothers was like, No, 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 no. We never we never told Zach that was a good idea. <laughs> like we don't know where you got that from. Uh we were never allowing that. Um but all right, yeah. let's uh let's Let's move forward before me and Joel pop a blood vessel. Um, all right. Oh. Um, we, I'm sweating. I'm sweating. Me too, man. Me too. I just had to turn my fan on. I'm dying in here. Um, but all right, let's talk some more news. We got news of something that <laughs> me and Joel were arguing over. Just the idea of, like, this isn't really important, but I think it's fun to kind of talk about because I think it's hilarious. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously with the whole thing with Kevin Hart, him dropping out of um, hosting the Oscars. That's not what we're talking about, everyone, so relax. Our conversation <laughs> is going to be more centered around the idea of now that they do not have a host that it seems like they're going hostless, the biggest thing they are looking to do is to bring on the entire cast of the Avengers to assemble them, not to host necessarily, maybe to just do uh, a nomination category or whatever, but they're looking to try to add firepower. This is the equivalent of the Grammys trying to get Jay-Z to perform or Drake to perform or Beyonce. They just want something that fans can go, I'm looking forward to this. Um, so, Nick, my question goes to you because you are my, my Academy Award guy. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on not only the Oscars going possibly hostless, but their obvious grab to bring us in by trying to assemble the entire cast of the Avengers. I think it's genius. I really do. Like, I, I think it's a long shot. Um, but, like, seriously, if you were, like, A, you don't really need a host. I Like, I know a lot of people are like, it's going to be weird watching the Oscars without a host. Like, but like, be honest. Like, when's the last time you really enjoyed an Oscar host? Like, I can't even Jimmy remember. Uh, yeah. I see. I think oh, Kimmel. I, here, here's the thing. I think Kimmel, like Kimmel, like because you always get the the aftermath of the uh, like everything the host did wrong the next day, and none of that mm-hmm. happened with Kimmel because they fucked up the Best Picture award. So everyone was talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like he kind of got a pass. That was hysterical. Um, yeah, it was. But so he kind of got a pass, you know. Um, but, no, I mean, I think it would be cool, like, instead of having one host, just have Robert Downey Jr. come out and do a, a segment. Um, and, you know, just – and then have Chris Evans and, and, um, and Scarlett Johansson do a segment, segment together. They have really good chemistry. <laughs> I love um, it. But, like, yeah, no, I, I just think it would be super cool. And, like, if, if I am Kevin Feige, like, right now, like, I'm talking to the Academy and being like, you know what, I can make this happen for you. Um it's going to take uh, Black Panther getting nominated for Best Picture and uh, Avengers Infinity War getting nominated for Best Picture. Uh, you, you give me both of those. Uh, I'm not saying you gotta you got to do anything. Like, I'm not saying we got to win them. I'm just saying we got to get both those nominations, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll work my magic for you. Um, I think it would be a win-win. And, you know, honestly, this is such a down year for movies, like, um, not not like across the board, but as far as like Oscar type movies, 
that I think that both those movies, at least Black Panther, like, I can understand, even though I prefer Infinity War to Black Panther, I can understand how Infinity War doesn't fit the normal um, story, like movie storyline because you have to have seen at least the majority of the ones before it for it to really make sense. But I still, I mean, I think easily Black Panther and even Infinity War in a down year like this as far as Oscar-type movies um, deserves uh, at least one of those movies deserve a nomination, and if I'm Feige, I'm like, yeah, like I can I can make this happen, but you know you got to get my movies nominated because um, like that's you know that it, you know, a little quid pro quo, if you will. And also, the biggest reason why this would be <clears throat> even remotely possible, from the sense of just the idea of trying to set it all up. Let's not forget the Oscars are aired on ABC, which is run by who? Let me say, oh yeah, Disney. So it, there you go. it shouldn't be that difficult <laughs> for any of it to happen. Um, Joel, I'll go to you. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Oscars being hostless and the idea of this obvious grab of trying to get all the Avengers assembled for the uh, the Oscars? I, th- I, th- I find it funny. Like When I first read about it, I'm like, that's pretty funny. You have no host, so how are you going to bring in eyes? Well, obviously – have the Avengers be there. The, the movie that made the most <laughs> fucking money in the, the whole year that's not going to win anything, bring them there so they can give awards to other people instead of their movie that made all the money. <laughs> no, I think that's a, I think it's hysterical. And I do – it'll be fun just to watch it happen and see how they're going to play it off. I think uh, it shows that the comic book movie genre is, is – man, it's, it's, it's everywhere. It's as big as it's ever been. And the Oscars wanting superhero actors to be there for to bring eyes to your Oscar. That tells you everything about where we are at now. The geeks rule the world, and superheroes reign supreme. Absolutely. Shout out to Geek Vibes Live. We made it all happen. Um, <laughs> I will say I thought, um, we'll I thought when – Absolutely. <laughs> um, all of the credit. I thought when Kevin Hart stepped down, I thought a really good replacement would have been Key and Peele. Um, I thought those guys yeah, have definitely done a really good job uh, with the Oscars. I agree. I, but I guess I, I assume it was purely because it was too short notice. Um, so I, I, I get it. I get it. But I think those guys would have been freaking perfect. Um, and it would prepare Jordan for, you know, when us is nominated next year. But anyway, uh, Tia, what are Woo! your thoughts on the Oscars going hostless and the idea of them trying to assemble the Avengers? First of all, I don't really think that the Oscars or really any award ceremony needs a host per se because they come on for a little bit and then the actors who present the awards come on and they say their little spiel. So I don't really see the point of it. And anyway, the Oscars are like seven hours long anyway. Maybe not having a host will cut it down to like four. So I'm cool with that. Um, But having the Avengers would make me a little bit more interested in actually watching the Oscars, having them uh, present the awards. Although I I had you guys on mute, but I was laughing my ass off with Joelle. Uh, Joelle saying, uh, like, here, we've made all this money, but you get the award. You get the award. <laughs> so that would be hilarious. And now I'm kind of imagining Josh Rowland presenting the award once as Thanos and then coming in again and being Cable, <laughs> just like as a funniness. I don't know. Or, 
or Josh Rowland shows up and just cancels the Oscars. He's like, nope, you, oh, you survived Just time. snaps it out of existence. Oh, man. So uh, now, I'm, as I'm imagining it more, I think it would be uh, pretty fun just because it would really super solidify that the the superhero genre is really taking over. This isn't like 10, 15 years ago where you had one superhero movie come out every once in a while and it was independent. This is a spectrum. This is a realm. This is what people really like to go to the movies to. I mean, I think the only time I went to the movie theaters last year was to see Marvel or DC, and that was about it. <laughs> so um, I don't even Honestly, I don't even think I've seen any of the movies that are nominated for Oscars, which is really bad. But my, the conclusion of my thoughts are don't really mind it going hostless, but would love if they assembled the Avengers. Yeah, I, I got, you I what, got a couple yeah. things here. Um, just real quick, Uh-oh. go on. Uh, to, to Tia's point, like, I don't know if y'all watched the Oscars last year, but when they did the little bit where they went across the street and, like, interacted with actual fans, like – uh, Gold Gadot was one of the actors or actresses who like went with them, and she like said live on camera during the Oscars, "This is way better than the Oscars." Like, <laughs> so, like I'm just like sitting here thinking that when, when you're talking about the snap and everything, like, yeah, I could totally see that. Like, of uh, like, I, I would imagine a lot of the actors, um, especially who just like know they're not gonna win, they're just like, God, this is so fucking boring, like. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, but no, also like, I think it, like in lieu of having, yeah, in lieu of having a host or even like having the Avengers, like try to co-host or anything, like I feel like, um, well, two things, one for humor and one, if they wanted to do like an Avengers type theme, you could literally have Paul Bettany just introduce people when they come out as Jarvis. Um, <laughs> like, cause I mean, that's all you really need is just like, uh, now presenting the award for blah blah blah, you know, fill in the blank. Um, and like Paul Bettany, I'm sure, like yeah, write me a million dollar check and I'll be your Jarvis host or whatever. Um, but also like how cool, like what would really be fucking cool is to get like one of the Spanish soccer announcers to do it, like just to be in the background, like like <laughs> you know, like now presenting the award for blah 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 blah, blah like shit would be. That would be fucking great. Like that would just that that would make an Oscar is actually fun to watch. I will say not that fun at all. <laughs> that the um if they do assemble the Avengers and the ratings go up as the Academy, you you can't keep having an Oscars year in, year out in this day and age and still continue to ignore um, these movies for best pictures. So I mean, I I think it's, I'll be really surprised if Black Panther doesn't get nominated, man. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I, I'd be shocked too, especially because it's like you, you're grasping here to get these guys, and then you won't even nominate one of their movies. I, I find that to be a little disrespectful. Mm. But I uh, yeah, well, cool. and like I said, like it's just a kind of a down year for the quote unquote prestigious movies. Like I mean, outside mm-hmm. of like Roma and A Star Is Born, there's not really that much out there. Like, are you not gonna really. tell I me mean, that like you gonna tell me that like Green Book is is better than Black Panther? Like, it, you know, and I haven't nah. seen Green Book, so I can't like comment on that directly. But I'm just saying like um, that doesn't look that doesn't scream Oscar to me. Like 
that 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 seems like if if that were to get nominated and Black Panther wasn't to get nominated, I think you like in in some years where you could justify something like that. I don't think this would be a year where you could. No, you don't choose your most off year to justify that. That that, that would right. be smart. Um, yeah. All right, let's move on to one of our last topics. Um, all right, so this one was really important to me, and I wanted to make sure we got to it. So I'm glad we could. With the success of Bumblebee and us knowing that Optimus at some point is getting his own his own movie, we also know on the on the other side of the the street, Snake Eyes is getting his own movie. Do we think at some point, maybe not now, but at some point, Paramount should build a cinematic universe with G.I. Joe and Transformers? Joel, I'm going to go to you first, but before I, I pass it to you, I want you to know that Thundercats are trash. But, Joel, what do you think? <laughs> oh, you, they were fucking whoa. fighting words. <laughs> oh, Thundercats is a shiznat, bitch. Hell yeah, it first is. First of all, let's, let's put it there first. Anyway. Uh, G.I. Joe and Transformers uh, colliding to have a, a shared universe. I'm not against it. Like I've look, I've enjoyed for the most part the Transformers movies aside from maybe the last two, aside from Bumblebee. Haven't seen Bumblebee, can't say anything about it. Looks good, but the ones like the last two movies I've not not enjoyed. <laughs> but I did enjoy the first trilogy, the ones with Shia LaBeouf. I actually enjoyed those. Um, and I enjoy Transformers as a whole. Like I, be, I was a big Beast Wars kid, and so I, I do enjoy Transformers. I was never a big GI Joe guy, so I actually look forward to the GI Joe movies to, to see if I can get into those instead, because I was never a big guy, uh, fan of the show or the toys, for that matter. I did like Snake Eyes. I always enjoyed the way Snake Eyes uh, looked. I loved the, the idea of Snake Eyes, the ninja among soldiers. Thought that was cool, but that was really yeah. That's why I was more intrigued by the, the idea of a Snake Eyes movie than I was about the GI Joe movie in general. But them having a shared universe, I love the idea of Hasbro having their own little niche uh, uh, with, with with Transformers and GI Joe. So yeah, I'd be I'd be totally down for that. Yeah, for sure. I'd say definitively, even if you don't want to combine the two, um, especially not this quickly, you could build the G.I. Joe universe quite like Marvel, uh, Marvel built is, uh, built there, sorry, um, to the sense where it's like you have these solo movies that then end with um, those characters being recruited into G.I. Joe. I mean, you could easily do a Snake Eyes movie, um, have it go along, and then have the end credit scene be him being recruited, uh, whether it's by Hawk, Duke, whatever, whatever route you want to go. But I do think the best thing for G.I. Joe is to take a small step back from doing the full, all everyone together kind of movie and maybe spread some of these characters out, like do a Storm Shadow movie, do a Snake Eyes movie, have those two come together, then do a Duke movie. A lot of these characters, what a lot of people don't know if they just watch just the movies, um, have very great backstories of their own. So it's like you can split them up. They don't always have to be a huge scene, quite like the Marvel Universe. It doesn't always have to be Avengers movies. So I think you can split them up and then bring them together for, um, for a big kind of Avengers kind of feel in a G.I. Joe team-up movie. Um, but, Nick, excuse me, your thoughts on the idea of Paramount building a cinematic universe with G.I. Joe and Transformers? Yeah. Like, I, here's the thing. I am actually, like, when I was a kid, I was a big fan of G.I. Joe. Um, I was also a big fan of Transformers, um, both, like, big cartoons in the late 80s. Um, and, like, so, I mean, I had the I had the toys for both. I, you know, I, I watched the, the cartoons for both. Like, I, I was a fan. I had those, um, I even had those G.I. Joe 
uh, like Barbie doll like size ones. You know no. what I'm talking about? Do you all remember that? Legit GI Joe. Yeah. Yeah, like they, you know, they were they were probably like you know like twelve inches tall and like uh, you know they had the the changeable like outfits like actual fabric that you could like put on them and shit and like the guns and and all that shit like those like those things were fucking like gold like as a kid like when you got one of those for like your birthday or Christmas you were like fuck yes like running around the fucking neighborhood showing everybody like bitch look what I got. but uh, but yeah, like so. I mean, I, I I am a fan, or was a fan at least as a kid. Um, that being said, I, I don't I don't think those universes need to to collide. I don't think like I am I'm totally fine with them doing multiple Transformer movies, especially with the you know Michael Bay being out of uh, out of the you know uh, the projects. And, you know, it, 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 with the report that the Bumblebee movie is really good, like, I'm totally cool with that. That's that's fine. I'm cool with them, like, rebooting G.I. Joe and going a different direction and introducing those characters and having, you know, that, you know, having sequels of that. But as far as having, like, a shared universe of both of those properties, eh, no, no, I'm, I'm not. And the, the one way I could see it work, and I'm not sure if this is exactly what you were intending, Jawan, when you were saying this like you were saying essentially like build up these smaller stories um before you have like a full gi joe team up uh type thing um i could i could see it only in that sort of sense where it's like a big crossover event where you have like five or six different transformer movies over the next you know i don't know 10 years same thing with G.I. Joe, and if both of those are successful, then sure, you can do, like, one movie where they, they however you want to make it work, like, their paths collide, and you write a story around, you know, G.I. Joe, you know, versus Decepticons, and Transformers have to help them, and what have, you know, all that. But, like, I wouldn't necessarily want, like, a constant overlap of, of those, you know, two different worlds, per se. Yeah, no, I mean, that's basically the point I was I was getting to. I, I didn't even think they need to cross over within each other. I was saying you could build a, a cinematic universe with those properties individually, like what they're doing with the Transformers universe, doing a Bumblebee movie, an Optimus movie. Then you build it up to do one big Transformers movie. Uh, I think sure. that's best. Um, but in the cartoon, they did have a crossover between the two um, that you can do in your movie universe. But the issue is, you have to have a successful movie universe. So that's right. why I said, if you're G.I. Joe, build that up slowly. Transformers, build that up slowly. And then, yeah, like you just said, you can come to a point where, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Doc, Cobra Commander comes uh, in contact with Megatron, and they try to form this, this alliance that sure. needs Optimus and Duke to come together for. Yeah, sure, that's fine. Um, but right I, now, no, I, you don't need it. Yeah, and I, like... I would just so much rather have, like, a shared Mortal Kombat universe. Like, give me a Sub-Zero story, like, a fucking Liu Kang and Kung Lao story, and, like, have all of these various, like, uh, Jackson Sonya chasing Kano. Like, give me all that, and then have that end up, you know, going into, you know, the kind of original Mortal Kombat storyline. Unless, unless whatever this next Mortal Kombat movie is that, that they're cooking up, unless that's just, like, a complete home run, you can't afford to have this fail again because then people are going to start to say maybe more combat just doesn't work and you don't want right that. and so, that's ridiculous yeah. yeah and you should you should probably just take your time but Tia 
before we run out of time, what are your thoughts on Paramount possibly building a cinematic universe with G.I. Joe and Transformers? Do you agree that they should keep them separate so they're both successful? Or would you like to see somewhat early on within the rebuilding of both, of seeing those worlds collide? I'm a little skeptical, honestly. Um, I think it's kind of been said already in this discussion that it does everything have to be a Marvel Cinematic Universe? But while we love that and it's fun to watch, not every single storyline or property has to be the same thing. We're seeing especially that it wasn't really working with Star Wars because after Solo, uh, all the plans for all these individual movies have essentially been shelved at this point. So um, I think, honestly, that it should just be one of those things where they do the individual movies, see where it goes, and if it makes sense down the line to start merging and making their own universe, then that would be fine. But I think that they shouldn't try to rush things. I think that that's the problem is that the MCU has been around for 10 years and has had the time to to create this and everyone else seems to be trying to play touch up and it's like, guys, slow down a little. It's fine. You'll get there, but you don't need to start doing everything right away just so that you can try and contend with the MCU. That's uh, my personal opinion, but Bumblebee is really successful right now. It's showing um, really good traction. So I think that maybe that would be a sign for them that they could enter into a world of doing their own uh, extended universe. So we'll just have to see as time goes on. I feel like it's a little too early to say. In in, in reference to what you were saying about Star Wars, um, it, it works. Like, I really did enjoy... Um, God, what's the one where everyone died at the end? God, I can't remember the Rogue name. One. Uh, Rogue One, yeah. Rogue One. Um, yeah. It, it works for Star Wars. I think the problem Star Wars was starting to run into was we were very specific on what we wanted those one-off films to be. And they refu- it seemed like they were refusing to do any of those. Like, fans would go crazy for a Darth Maul, uh, uh, you know, one-off movie, an Obi-Wan one-off movie, a, um, you know, start to build a world for Knights of the Old Republic. I think uh, with yeah. Solo, I think that movie was somewhat rushed, and I think it showed. Um, I personally, myself, just saw it on Netflix, and I did enjoy it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, but it I did like feel it. somewhat, See? it felt somewhat you, incomplete. I much preferred to Rogue One, just personally. Me too. Right. I'm no, I don't disagree too. with that. But I did really enjoy um, Han Solo, and it made me even angrier that we still don't have a Darth Maul uh, Solo movie. I'm like, Come on, you see the star power that this guy, that he brings. Just give it to us. So if if I'm Star Wars, I'm paying more attention to that, but I'm also using my streaming service as a platform to do that. I'll take a Darth Maul series. You don't have to give me an in-movie form. I'll take it in a series. Yeah, Um, they made that fake trailer like two, three years ago. That was perfect. Yes, the fan Absolutely. So my thing is, my stance is, Tia, you can – like, Marvel showed you that not only was patience, but you have to pick the right, uh, the right pieces to place. And I think G.I. Joe starting with Snake Eyes is smart, just like Transformers starting with um, Bumblebee is smart. Uh, Mandalorian could open the door for the Knights of the Old Republic, uh, Darth Maul, 
Um, even someone even mentioned they would love a Darth Vader movie. I think people would go bananas for that. That'd rake in so much money. So it's like just be smarter on the choices that you're picking um, for these, these one-off movies, and it helps build your universe. Also, Star Wars has the slight advantage of none of their one-off movies need to connect with their main series of movies. So it, 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 it takes the load off tremendously. You're, allowed, sure. you're allowing those movies to just be its own thing. Um, so a shared universe is fine. You just have to be smart about how you start it. Because, again, in right. hindsight, Kevin Feige is a genius, but no one thought back in 2008 Iron Man would kick off what we've seen today. So in hindsight, we're like, well, it worked for Marvel. Not everyone could do it. We didn't even think Iron Man could, <laughs> could do it. So it's a <laughs> sense of just be smart about what you're doing and pick the right pieces. And so far, G.I. Joe and Transformers look to have be looks to have been starting off on a good note with the characters they're looking to start their universe off with. But that is our show, everyone. Um, I God, I'm running out of breath here. Um, thank you, Tia. <laughs> thank you, Joel. Thank you, Nick. Um, we had yep. an amazing show. Huge shouts out to Dane and Kanan who could not be on the show with us. But huge shouts out to them. Uh, we will definitely look forward to them next weekend. Um, Tia, before we close out the show, would you like to let everyone know really quickly what the topic is for Top Cinema? <laughs> I think it should kind of be obvious. It's the top ten moments in The Punisher um, for, <laughs> for a series. I am opening it up, by the way, to Daredevil pleasantly been nicknamed Punisher Season 1. So that's going to be the top ten. Um, really, really, really excited for it. Absolutely. Can't wait. Hopefully I can, I can try to make it on there because I would love to talk on there. Um, so make sure yeah, you guys check out Top 10. <laughs> uh, if I wake up in time, geez, yes. Um, everyone look forward to Top 10 and look forward to Full Court Press and Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Um, and we will see you guys same place, same time next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.